0: Um, our studio, Conversations for the Animals, and we're so happy and blessed to have our friend, good friend and a good friend to the animals, um, Deborah Duncan. So thank you for being here. Today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. We've, um, we've talked a few times before about animal welfare and you have a pretty good grasp of it. Oh, Tam is here too. Um, my co-president... Co- <laughs> Um, same same, same, same. No. She, she thought it was a mirror yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and she liked what she saw yeah.
0: um so this is um a continuing series and um we talk about animal welfare um in and around houston and try to expand on the topic but um deborah's been um well informed for a long time about this from, from the early times when we had lunch um you had an understanding of this topic and I think it stems from your work in television Is yeah that right,
1: I, I was a young reporter in in mm-hmm. Austin and I was sitting at my desk and I got a phone call and someone said you have to do a story on this and I'm like what she said you call they call themselves the humane society but they're putting them down and so we grabbed our equipment we went down there and we're gonna do a story but you know as a good reporter does you get both sides of the story so we had that one side the woman was so upset that they were putting animals down but the the woman who was the head of the the Humane Society looked at me and she said, "Do you think we want to?" Yeah. She goes, "You need to understand what's happening here. We'll get sixty thousand animals a year, and they don't all, all get adopted. In fact, most of them don't find mm-hmm. a home." She goes, "Okay, so let's bring the next sixty thousand the next year, and the next year, and the next year is exponential." And so, we set up shop outside on a Saturday morning, and she says, "Watch what happens." And people were walking up, and they'd have a box full of kittens or a box full of puppies. They go, "Aren't they cute?" And you go, "Yeah, they're cute," and they're like. They'll get adopted right and they wanted assurance they were going to get adopted the only reason why they you know bred them was because they wanted to see how cute the puppies or the kittens were going to be and they were shocked when when people would say to them we cannot guarantee they get adopted we have to have enough people to adopt them and at the end of the story we literally put this this sweet sweet dog that was going to go down Mm -hmm. in the oven and i slow-moed the shot When I closed the door, and you saw those dogs' eyes, because he started out wagging his tail when he saw everything. He's in that oven. You knew that he knew, and his little eyes looked up, and I I still cry to this day. And that was probably thirty years ago. But he looked up, and and right when the door is about to close, my photographer screamed, "Stop!" I'll take him. Yeah. And uh, and because, you know, he's looking at it through his lens right. and and it really it made a point for people at home. And I think they need to see this more often because they don't they hear animal po- overpopulation. What does that mean? Overpopulation. What does right. that really mean? Right. Uh, but my photographer, it was so funny. It, it made such a change in him. He not only took a dog and I took a cat. He took a goat. Oh he just they're like we they're like, I Hey just, you know anybody who needs a goat? And he goes, I do live on some land and so he goes, I'll take the goat and it was a goat with a gnarly
0: horn and it was just you know oh. <laughs> You could have given him anything that day. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, camel, goat, elephant, whatever you need. Tyrannosaurus is, right? Rex.
1: Yeah. But, you know, and I never got that shot out of my mind. No. And, and but what I also never got out of my mind was the irresponsibility uh, of us as pet owners, you know, and I I never like rushed to get my, my pet spayed or neutered. But after that point, I understood how important it was. We never had uh, dogs or cats that would roam the neighborhood, right? right. So it, it we didn't really do that growing up. But. Um, I, at that point, I knew that that was, that was part of my
0: responsibility. Right. I'm so glad you bring this up because blame gets shifted in this, what we call a animal welfare industry. So often we, you, people blame the rescue groups. They blame the shelters. They blame everybody, everybody, but this is a people problem. And that's not to say that there aren't resources within our city, you know, our governments, our corporations, our, um, our, um, nonprofits, but this comes down to irresponsible pet ownership and holding people accountable for how they manage or don't manage their pets. And so, which is why we say we want to elevate the status of animals in our society, because once you elevate animals and their status in the society they're not disposable they're not something that you use for target practice they're not something you try to hit with your car because they're an inconvenience yeah once you it, elevate them it, the if problem you have a pet away. that's
1: wanted if they only have yeah. wanted pets there's much less likely of a chance of a,
0: a pet being you know right. d- taken advantage of and, and mistreated it's simple economics yeah. and because we have this surplus of animals, their value goes down and down and down every day. And so we constantly say, How do we change that? How do we improve their value in our society? Yeah. And so everything that we do at Houston Pet Set is to improve that value.
1: Yeah, yeah, to go from problem to pet. Yeah. They need
0: to be their pets for right. a reason, right? And we domesticated that. Right. We're the ones that made them. Part of our families, part of our society, and now all of a sudden, because we haven't managed the populations correctly, they're a nuisance. Yeah, and what's so great about what y'all do is that you
1: didn't reinvent the wheel; you just helped it to spin better, right? So you, you you help to connect all those groups who all have the same mission, but they go about it a little bit differently. And so when someone says, "Yeah, I have a cat or a dog, but I I can't afford to get it spayed or neutered," we are, there are programs for that, right? right. Uh, someone who says, "I used to could take care of it, but I can't anymore," there are programs for that. And so the, the the deal is just there, there are organizations there to take care of the animals that are already here. What we need to do a better job of is don't create more that are not um, that are not wanted, right? 100%. And yes. we know it's possible. We've seen it in third world countries. Yes. We've seen other countries say, what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. Right? And they line up and they get it done. Um, and so it's it's hard. It's such a struggle here. And I think it, it's for all kinds of reasons. Part of what I said earlier, people just seem to think that it's not a big problem. They think it's just, you know, hey, let's just breed these animals and see if they're going to look like, oh, that's so cute. And that's well you can't do that times thousands of other people doing right. that right uh or or people just think you can't tell me what to do or you, you know we have all kinds of other issues of people who fancy themselves as breeders who really aren't breeders mm-hmm. right uh, it's all about making a dime or for sport and so that's another whole area that we have to tackle as well because then you're dealing with people that who don't have the the pet's best interest in mind
0: right and i think as a city you have to look at that. You have to look at the shelters. And, and a lot of people just look at the shelters. And if the shelter is doing okay, they think that the problem's not bad. Mm-hmm. But that is so untrue. Yeah, the and shelters the, are the pets rate, that are on
1: their way, yeah. right? And
0: a live release rate means nothing to the right. hundreds of thousands on the streets. So then you do have the, the shelter animals, the animals on the streets, and then the owned animals. Yeah. And you have to work at this at all three levels because those owned animals are going into the shelters, You know, those boxes of puppies, taking up the place For those those street animals who should be who should be in there, yeah, and um, and then there's the animals we don't
1: know about. Yeah, there's a thousands we don't know about. We don't know they're someplace right unsafe.
0: And there's there's hundreds of thousands of these animals, but our city and our county really need to manage. The, the population of people and the animals, but the population educate them. You yeah. know, you have to educate them, and when you can't educate, you legislate, which you know we, is a, another topic in and of itself. But our city and our county really have some of the responsibility because when you run a city, you have those certain things that you just have to do. Yeah. Like pick up the trash and fill potholes and make sure the infrastructure's right. And all of these, things. you'll
1: end up and paying for it one way or the other. The do you want to pay for it another, effectively yeah. or do you want yeah. to pay for it in a way that just it spins its wheels and just, it just doesn't get any better. It just keeps wasting money right. on it. Right. Exactly.
0: Because who knows what the damage, what damage is being done when companies come here, when they're trying to do economic development and they say, great, I can put my, my big business here, but where are we going to put the people that's safe where there aren't packs of dogs mm-hmm. running? Because this is a, it's it oh, also speaks thing. to humanity
1: of your city yeah. right I, I i know there are several big corporations where the ceo of that company or the owner of that company animals are a big deal for them mm-hmm. and when they look at what what say they're going to set up shop in they look at how do you treat your animals and then at the end of the day you can say is how do you treat your people right right yeah. so how do you treat living things mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. vulnerable
0: populations yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it is a reflection, and we've we've um, cited or stated this statistic many times. But the only complaint after the Super Bowl that was here a few years ago was the roaming dogs, strays, dogs and cats running up and down even our tollway, and so it it is so bad here that it does impact events. It impacts to Tama's point, yeah, the fact that you, people the, notice that yeah, of all things, Tama's, right? Tama's, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it is a quality of life issue. So for those that don't care about the animals, they need to care about what this city looks like. Yeah, And um, and that's, you know, that's why we want a place at every table, whether it's it, you talk about um, public health, public safety, education, um, these events, you know, marketing the city. We need to be there because this impacts a large percentage, percentage of our population. Yeah. And it doesn't happen in your neighborhood, Deborah. does it? No. You don't see... No, no, it's it's very isolated, and it happens in um, in pockets. Right, and so once you go into those pockets, and in you pockets see and behind it. closed doors, right? Because exactly. sometimes you'll see
1: the dog chained up in the front yard or the dogs that are roaming around. But you know, how often do we have these investigations that we don't necessarily see on the news, but they right. kind of uncover all these animals that are stuck in these homes yeah. for whatever reasons? You know, sometimes the pet owner truly feels like they're being their friend, and those are whole different isolated issues, right? And other times, people just don't care. Or, as we mentioned earlier, the stuff that's kind of uh, behind the closed doors for sport, right? Or just negligence, just downright negligence. Houston's dirty little secret.
0: Absolutely That's why I always
1: tell people. It's like, if you if you have it in you to give a pet a home, I, I've i told this story many times before, but I, I just, I love the attitude of that dog that has seen things, right? Mm-hmm. So when we had one dog from a breeder, it was a Jack Russell Terrier. I love Jack Russell's. But then we had a Norfolk Terrier who was very surly. In fact, he, he was about to be put down. And I, I said, I want to see that one. And they said, well, no, because he's nipping at people. He was in a shelter? He was in a shelter. <laughs> and so when you tell me the dog is nipping at uh-huh. people, I, now I really want to see because yeah. now I really want to give it a chance, right? Because we're going to work some stuff out. Okay. So we get Ted out. I named him Ted. Uh, so I, we get him out. We sit him down. I sat on the bench and he sat on the end of the bench and he kept looking at me. I kept looking at him. So he get up and he'd scoot a little bit closer. And I just sat Aww. there and he scooted scoot a little bit. And finally he was right by my feet and I reached down and I pet him. And they're like, we can't believe he, he's letting you pet him because he's not let any of us touch him, right? And so all he could think of is what did this little puppy go through, this right. little dog go through, that he was that scared for somebody to pet him and couldn't, couldn't even trust the people who were giving him food, right? right. Usually that breaks down barriers for, for a pet that's been out there a while. So I adopted him and took him home. Uh, someone was working in the backyard, left the gate open. And uh, I got a call. Hey, do you own Chester? Yeah, I do. I found Chester at, like, Westheimer and Gessner. He was making a go of it, man. Chester was going to see the world, and that was the dog that we got from a breeder. And I thought, uh uh-oh. So I got Chester now, but I haven't heard from Ted, right? So if um, Ted is out, he's going to bite somebody. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to have a problem. So I get to the house, and sitting on the swing just sitting there, just swinging like this. There's Ted. And you know, Ted was like, son, I told him, don't go out there. There are people who love us here, three meals a day. They love us and they care for us. It's not greener on the other side. I know what you're thinking, but you go ahead. I'm staying here. I'm gonna... Ted never left. Ted's like, uh-uh, I'm no fool. He knew what it was like out there. So it seems like, the and Ted and I kind of had this thing because he would protect me and and Neil and and Duncan, my son, right? But but other people came to the house. They're going to have to get permission from him mm-hmm. first. And he would check you out, and he's like, "All right, carry on. Don't hurt them. Or if you do, I'll hurt you back."
0: Right. Like, all all it was, fifteen pounds. Yeah. Right, all, all all ten.
1: Right. Probably. Yeah, a Little wiry. He's all hair. Right. Uh, so it, it's like it, it's a it's a special relationship. If you have it in you to to be able to uh, you know rescue a, an animal, mm-hmm. it's almost like they know
0: yes right and they're going to they're going to
1: do good by you for
0: it yeah to your point I um Tim and I started out with bread dogs we didn't mm-hmm. know the difference and this was many years ago we both had westies but I could not leave the door open the gate open for Taz my westie he would disappear escape artist right yeah i've yeah. got two now Benjamin and Finnegan and i can leave the front door open go down to the end pick up the paper and they just sit there right yeah. in the doorway yeah. that's we're we're not going anywhere we're yeah. going to stay right here cuz yeah. we got air conditioning we got food we got water it's good yeah, so, yeah, uh, the little terrier got out the other day and we didn't realize it. And opened the garage door and there he is ready to come back <laughs> yeah right 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 he, yeah i used he knows, to have Ralphie. He was
1: another dog that uh exactly. actually he just jumped in my car one day he just he just like she looks like a nice lady and So he, i was at a grocery store in a parking lot and this is a dog when i first moved here and and he came into my life at a point where i was just like i didn't know anybody i was new to houston i was lonely and he jumped in my car he was all beaten up but you could tell he tried to stand up tall like i know i've got bite marks and everything and i'm dirty but i'm a good guy mm. <laughs> right but yeah. uh and Ralphie became famous because he was the dog that would literally show up to work sometimes. Like, I was literally doing the Deborah Duncan show. I was on the set in the middle of a live show, and I heard these people in the audience go, oh, and he came tapping on in and just jumped in my lap. And I'm like, how did he get from my house to the office and just walk on in? But he would come up to work every now and then, escape artist, right? And then uh, I got a call from someone in the neighborhood once and she goes, yeah, we're at a restaurant and we've got your dog under the table. <laughs> cause he, cause he came to our house to play. <laughs> and so she goes, okay. So which, which brings uh, up the point too, about having them chipped. Right. Yes. So that you, if you ever get separated from them, that, you can, you can find them. Right. So, and doing your, the collars, a simple thing with a caller with the phone number. And, and right. so that's how the few times that, that either Ralphie got out or, or, ted that right. we were able to reconnect
0: 95 percent of dogs that are microchipped are returned to their owners five yeah. percent that aren't microchipped never go never yeah. get you never find make, their way they, they home. can't speak for themselves right yeah and, yep so literally. it says so much yeah. about microchipping i'm glad you brought that up yeah so do you have doggies now i do we have uh, we have uh, um chester and
1: um then we have uh, a dog that we found like it was just running around a field after the tax day floods oh. and uh it's a Schnoodle bandit uh and Bandit's and bandit she's she's an interesting little girl <laughs> right? but, but and then we have a cat and it was funny because we thought okay how's this cat gonna react to and the cats violet who is my son's queen who we got from uh cap so we're like okay how is this this dog gonna handle the cat because you never know when you're introducing sure. right you know cats and dogs and so we get home the cat walks in puff tail whole bit right you know and she's like what is that right so her tail gets all puffy and bandits like staring at her and there's and we're like okay be careful let's just see what's going to happen yeah. here so finally the cat walks up to bandit and then she just slaps her in the face and she's like okay that's established yeah. right. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> we we know what's happening now okay so 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 that all worked out but uh yeah and then we have uh, a bearded dragon because oh, wow. everyone needs one of those when you when you are a mother of a single child uh-huh. and they're saying can i have a brother or a sister how about a bearded dragon honey <laughs> how about that yeah. we'll do a bearded dragon and a cat and
0: a dog uh-huh. how about that ours right. was a bird a, a bird until okay. i found yeah. out how long they left and then i'm like yeah no birds.
1: yeah right it's like the tortoise thing <laughs> it's like you know we got to <laughs> will it to somebody else later like a hundred and something years later but yeah so um yeah if i had animals in and out he wanted a bird too and i was like look look out there honey all those birds can be yours free. <laughs> right. Start naming them. yeah yeah start naming <laughs> them right so, yeah, but it, it's just, it's it's it, it's fun what it brings to a household, even uh, for a child, yes. responsibility, right? right? Yes. So, you know, I, I think all of us have been guilty of the, no, we promise we'll feed it, we'll clean the cage, we'll feed it, we'll take care of it, we'll do all this. So, uh, it's funny. The, the cat, though, will let you know. Mm-hmm. Dogs just kind of like if they're hungry, we're just like, you know, kind of <laughs> all around you, right? No, the cat's meow, meow. No, not that stuff. The good stuff. Meow, meow. She will not stop. That would become her. I'm like, son, she wants the good. She wants to be, I'll, I'll get her in a minute. No, 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 You need to do it right now. Right. All right. Crying baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when he's hungry, I'll say,
0: I'll get you in a minute. Just mm-hmm. like you did with the cat. How about that? Right. Yeah. So there's it's just so fun. many lessons I think that are built into just owning an animal mm-hmm. and uh, the compassion that children Have for the animals and the unconditional love and the forgiveness. And all of those, you know, children learn 90% of what they see, 10% of what they hear. So that ongoing relationship that a child has with a pet is so important I think and all those unspoken lessons yeah
1: yeah and how much you love them you can take them for granted when they're around right but when they're not around and you miss like the little tinkle of the collar or something like that, because I know Violet decided to go on a um, vacation for a couple of days and we couldn't find her and and I was like wow okay (laughs) because my son was like "Mm -mm." um and, and then all of a sudden I heard this little meow and I opened the front door and I was like Okay, I think that's her. Please be her. Because if it wasn't her, I was ready to get, get a throwdown cat. I was like, I was gonna get one that looked like her. And then like, you listen, you need to act like this <laughs> when I get you to the house, right? Oh, so, bark, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So uh and she had gotten up on the roof and couldn't figure out how to get back down. Oh. So uh so we got her and That was great. So, uh, but yeah, when you, when you have that, that pet, you, you, you take for granted sometimes those little things, like when they crawl on the bed at night or, you know, when you roll over and then you, you feel them move Mm -hmm. and shift. And so you miss those little things when, when that pet, you know, and we, we lost a couple of pets. Uh, one had, had cancer and, um, it's at those times that you, you are so appreciative for life. When you see death right, right. is that if that yeah. makes any sense, yeah. and I just remember Ted, who was the feisty one, um one day I couldn't find him, and he was in the bathroom laying on the on the floor and it was because it was the i think it felt good to be cool right on the floor and and he just looked up and he just he wouldn't even respond to you know having like meat or something like that and um and we knew right yeah. at that yeah. point, and yeah. so but it you know we yeah. had to put to put him down in a humane way and yeah. um and, but it just what it gives you, you're right. The memories it gives you, yes. um, especially growing up. I think we all had pets growing mm-hmm. up and, you know, they were part of your life. They're part of your family. So we need to treat them like that. Why would you treat that one as a member of your family, but we allow others to be treated as trash?
0: Right. You know, it still has feelings. And we we say that, like, you, we, have, we know so many animal lovers, pet lovers, people that have pets and love them, have compassion for them, you know, do so much, spend money on them but yet they're kind of oblivious or, or not concerned about the ones on the streets. Yeah. And we say, there's, they're no different. It doesn't matter if it's a mangy pit bull or a uh, you know, a scary little chihuahua yeah. from top to bottom. They want the exact same things that your pet wants. They want to be loved. They want, they want the want exact safety. same thing that humans want. Exactly.
1: Right? That's They're what's so, so interesting right. to me. It's like it, we that's and that's the reason why we have them as pets and we relate to them, right? Because so they right. do have some of the same feelings that we do. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they need all the same things. Yeah. The, the shelter, the food, the water the, a little bit of freedom and, and of course that human connection, you know, Yeah, I don't know that they w- would survive or thrive really without that human connection. Right. I realized this when my sonny, my pit bull would go in my closet and go under the clothing slowly, slowly, slowly. Like, and I, why is he doing that? And I think it was that touch that he was missing because, ah. you know, that human touch. And we know for humans, it's very necessary to have that human touch to right. thrive and grow. And, and um, so why not? Why wouldn't it be the same for animals? Yeah. Since they're living in our world, not, I'm, I'm sorry, not animals, but dogs. Why wouldn't it be the same for dogs and cats? Because they're living in our world. So of course they're going to require the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought you were going to say you're, you're just fashionable, but <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Yeah, cross but it's also even, like the smells, right? Because I know our, our our cat. One of our favorite things is to sniff the laundry basket. It's like, oh, um, where have you been, right? Yes. It's yeah. like we're like, no, that's not good. Don't do that, right? But she's like, <laughs> they, they they get different things out of that, obviously. But uh, yeah, it it I I don't know. What my life would have been out without animals. And I I just I was thinking earlier on the way over here. The first pet I ever had, because my parents wouldn't let us have pets at first, um, was Henrietta of the frog, and I had Sarah the snail don't ask a snail? but i yeah, i had a snail i had a we we're living in Taipei Taiwan and the snails were like this big so it was oh, it yeah. was feasible to be a pet oh, it, it was nice. feasible <laughs> there were big snails big snails and the frog but i built a little habitat for it and of course in my mind i'm thinking they're coming home to the house that i right. built for them uh but it actually was just conducive to how they lived but you know there they were uh but it, but it was that first a thing of taking care of something that you thought responded back mm-hmm. so you know as little girls a lot of us took care of dolls right but it didn't respond right. so you start with something that's living and it responds yes. and i just i can the thing that makes pet ownership like priceless especially with a dog because cats don't care sometimes is that no matter how fat i am the dog doesn't care <laughs> the dog is yes, like the same yeah thing. yeah looks fine to me can, looks fine <laughs> back to, to, to me child, <laughs> back to <your> right. <laughs> back to yeah back to right yeah <laughs> yeah that doesn't care they don't care what situation you're in right there's, well, there's a joke that we always have that how i tell the difference between the twins i was like oh you're you're the fat one right <laughs> 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 which are,
0: they're both like this right <laughs> but uh anyway yeah they're non-judgmental right oh, they so, teach us to be better human beings yes. if my yeah. husband comes home late my dog is still so happy to yep. see him. Yay, daddy's yep. home, daddy's home. And I'm like, oh, I should be happy that he's yep. home. See, that's the, the dog. The cat, on the other hand, yeah, is yeah, like, mm, mm-hmm.
1: working late again. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me my food. I'll be fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, no, you can't pet me right now. Yeah. I'll let you know when you can pet me, okay? Lessons <laughs> <laughs> to be learned? Yeah, and by the way, go check your clothes. I shredded them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but... It's- so they teach us, they truly do teach us to be better human beings, yeah. you know, and they give so little in return. Yeah, yeah. And They give so much in return. Yeah. We give them so little, little in return. And they give us so much in return. <laughs> Beat and play with them for a
1: second, right? Uh, and they're so, thrilled. Let me ask you two, because uh-huh. you because you have your pulse on everything. And I'm I mean, gonna go back to what I love about what you did is not reinventing the wheel, but trying to figure out how do we better help those organizations that are already in the trenches, right? Um, we still haven't solved this problem as we were talking about before we started recording what's the best things that we can do to better connect the dots between all the organizations, or is it really at the end of the day, it's connecting the dots between pet owners and people who don't even own pets, but realize that it's an important issue.
0: I think it's all of the above, Deborah. It truly is. I don't think that this is going to get solved without the input and collaboration from all the stakeholders. So we need our city government, our county government to engage with the nonprofits. I think that's the first, very, very important because those are the people that are most probably invested. Yeah. If you look at the budgets of the city and the county, it's 19 million. The budgets of the animal nonprofits that we're aware of, 70 of them, um 67 million. So the nonprofits are really the ones making a difference right. in this community. So right. there has to be collaboration between those groups. And then beyond. And when that, you say nonprofit, that's because these people have a vested personal interest
1: in passion. doing this, right? They they, they're not required the, to be out there doing any of it. Right? Suffering.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, but they're not required to do no. this. Not because it's fun. Right. It's because it's so painful not to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. When you drive home every day and you see that same dog and he's failing and he's this day he's hungry, this day he's skinny, this day he's been hit by a car and he's dragging his two back legs. You can't, I don't know what kind of person can drive by that and not have a reaction to it. So they're doing it because they don't want to feel the pain of watching the suffering and not doing something. And so- it's it's unfortunate that the lion's share of this work being done is being done by the private and nonprofit sector. Yeah. And when Tina mm-hmm. talks about those numbers of the budgets of the rescue groups that we know of, that does not include the time that tens of thousands of these volunteers yeah. put into this. That's uh, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars if you want to include the time that they put. Yeah,
1: into if, they're, yeah. if they're punching yeah. in a time
0: card, and absolutely. It, if it wouldn't hurt the animals, I was I've said we should we should go on strike all the rescue mm-hmm. see what the city looks like when those hundreds of millions of dollars go away from the, from the problem yeah. when the tens of thousands of volunteers stop doing what they're doing in a week we're going to look like a third world country without yeah. a doubt yeah. and unfortunately well we can't do that because we, because the animals would suffer but you know what is it going to take for our stakeholders people in the city in this county to step up to the problem and at least match what the private nonprofit profit sectors do.
1: yeah yeah and again i'm gonna go back to the the, the thing is this is it, it's it's fairly easy. I think that's the confusing thing. It's like, we, we get it, taking care of an animal is not easy. Okay, we get that. But let's say, like, starting today, everybody said, okay, every animal will be spayed right. and neutered unless you are a breeder or unless there's, for whatever reason, it's not right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you don't produce any more than you have to or that or than that should be. We can take care of that problem. Right. The balance is right. It's all about a balance, right? And so it. it, it I'm just trying to figure out why that can't happen. Why can't that moment not happen?
0: And it can, and it has to. And it's going to require, as you said, it's going to require our public to demand this of our governments. So our individual citizens, people with um, the voice to do this, you, Deborah, thank you for all you've done. You have been a voice for animals for a long time. And um, it's just going to require more of that. We have to demand that the resources are um, adequate because there is, as you said earlier, there's a return on the investment. Yeah. Once we solve this, once we get to manageable populations, our governments aren't going to be spending tons, you know, right. millions and millions of dollars. They're just there, it's going to be manageable, and right now it's a crisis. Yeah. Well, and we're going to have a better city. Yeah, you're not going to have this ugly little secret that's going to blow up eventually. Some, we're going to have. Yeah, a well, I didn't realize when you all said that. I
1: didn't realize that you know after Super Bowl, people were like, "Yeah, great city. It was pretty. It was awesome." Is just what's up with all the the animal? I didn't realize people even recognize that. Yeah, you know, so yeah, that that that,
0: and that tells if you, you come, right come there. from another city like Jill and Tina and I did, and a lot of people on our team. I think that's when you really get involved because you've never seen this before. Right. You know, a lot of people today in Houston and in Southern cities are conditioned to seeing, oh yeah, it's a stray dog. Okay, but in the North, you don't see that. You mm. do not see it the
1: way you see okay, it. Okay, so what's the difference? Is it is it education? Is it people that they've been in that fight longer or they, they somehow more effectively got the message across?
0: If you see a stray animal in the North, everyone's on high alert. Oh, you've got someone to call. You've got a 311. Yeah. You've got a shelter to call. You've got a... a a city um, um, shelter entity to call mm-hmm. but in, in south you don't in, in Houston you don't have that also in the north they do have that one thing Cold, cold where the where it freezes out so yeah
1: you know, well, it was interesting my tests. sister-in-law has a house up in michigan and uh she was driving and she uh, there's a little french bulldog on the side of the road so guess what ended up on the plane and coming home oh. <laughs> right? and, she, and she already had one at home so she's yeah. like it's a sign it's supposed to happen <laughs> but that's probably why it caught her attention one of the yeah. reasons why is because it was just such an unusual thing right. up there right. whereas you're right uh, here you can see it almost becomes you turn a blind eye because you'll just see you know yeah. Dogs and cats walking around and just doing their own thing, you're, you know, often. You're meant to the
0: suffering. Yeah. 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 Well, we're so glad for you, Deborah, because as I said, you've been helping with this for so long. You've been the MC. Of the Houston Pet Set, Fierce yep. and Fabulous for what 10 years? Yeah, yeah. coming I mean, up in you person. Make, right. You make our events so much fun. And there's nobody in this world we'd rather have than Aww, you. So thank you. We're so grateful to you because you really bring, we love to have a gala, we love to again elevate the status of animals, which is why we do it. We want to inform our, our city, but it's not a stuffy event. No. It's a fun event. A no, serious and issue, but we have fun yes. uh,
1: tackling those issues, right? Yeah, yeah we have a, a lot of fun raising the money, and those who can give, uh, can give, alright, and then that way, that money goes to as we know, such a, not just a cause, but several causes, yes. because within that whole animal rescue uh, arena, we have several causes, like people who foster, yeah. people who take care of injured pets, people mm-hmm. who neuter and spay, right? Yeah. Day-to-day, food, all that Education. type of stuff. Education. all of it, yeah.
0: Yep. well, we we. we love love to um Support all of these groups. Are there any groups that you love in particular, Deborah? Other nonprofits. You know, having having do having done the show
1: for mm-hmm. x number of years, you know, part of how we get our live studio audience when we have the live studio Shit. audience is that they're all nonprofit organizations. And so when they come, I, I love every one of them because every one of them has just like a little bit of a different spin on something, right? Like we'll get a rescue group and they go, "We're the Whippet Rescue Group." <laughs> oh, the Whippets. Okay, look at you. Wow. But yeah, yeah, right. But it's 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 so cool because. You find people passionate within within this huge issue. You find people passionate about addressing a certain part of the issue. And if you look at it like a puzzle, every one of those puzzle pieces is important. We're just yes. missing one big one, and that yeah. one big one is is everyone taking being responsible, yes. right? And so we have it all there. Puzzle's almost completed. Yeah. Please help us get that last piece.
0: One hundred percent. So well thank said. you. Our soirees coming up. September 10th, Friday night. We're um, stepping it up a little this year. We're going cocktail to black tie. Oh. Yeah, we said it's going to be our biggest, uh, most fabulous event. All gown. <laughs> Only if you want to. Yeah, one year you should do like on
1: your 50th anniversary, you do poodle skirts.
0: Poodle skirts. For Okay, 50s, we can right? do that. Yeah. <laughs> you could do a poodle skirt. She's like, That's anything so great. I'm
1: thinking, I don't think I'm going to be around 50 years from now, <laughs> but you go ahead. <laughs>
0: So thank you again for um, for emceeing our event, making it so much fun. Thank you for using your voice to help yes. the animals. You truly are a, um, one of the voices in the media for this cause. So we're thank grateful you. to you. Yes, plus can you're I, a great friend. Can I do my moment? Yes. Double your pleasure, double
1: your fun with double mint gum. They actually did that ad once, I think. Because there's two of them, right? Okay. Oh,
0: and we weighed the same at that time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Lovely. Love you. You.
1: Love you. Love you, Love you back.